One of our favorite things to do with the people that we care about is to, to go on walks with them. Whether it's your spouse or somebody you're seeing or a friend or your child, one of the best things in life is to maybe be at the beach at sunset and, and take a walk together, be in the mountains and see the beauty and walk together, especially if you don't take your cell phones, right? And, and you're able just to, to, to connect and, and walk and talk and share. Now, this morning, I want you to know that that's one of the Bible's favorite metaphors for our relationship with God, that it's a walk with Him. It started back in the Garden of Eden where God walked in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve. There was that intimacy of relationship that they walked together. We see it in lots of passages. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12. God says, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. In that famous Psalm 23, when we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, there I am with you. Psalms 89, verse 5. Blessed are those who walk in the light of your presence. And then 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. As we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins. This picture is so important that we walk together. Why? Because, listen, as we talk about building a best friendship with Jesus, best friends spend a lot of time together. You know, if you're young and you're dating, ladies, beware of that fellow that says to you, I love you, I love you, I love you, and then he never wants to spend any time with you. I love you, but I need to go play softball. I love you, but I want to go golf. I love you, but I need to be with my buddies. You see, if you love somebody, you spend time with them. You nurture that relationship. We've got this idea today that maybe if I just spend quality time with someone, then I don't have to spend a great deal of quantity time with someone. What every research study has said is that quality time is quantity time. That it takes that kind of time to be together. Because what do you do with a good friend? You find out what you enjoy and you make the time to do it together. Maybe you like taking trips together. Maybe you like, you know, playing cards together or golfing together, or going to ball games together, or movies, whatever it may be. You find that connection point. And if you want your friendship to remain close, you carve out the time for those things to happen. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Now, here's what I want you to know this morning. The same thing is true in your relationship with God. With God, you find the ways you connect with God, and you play those to the hilt. Today, what we're going to talk about are different ways that you connect with God. This was written years ago by a man named Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. There's that idea of walking together. You're walking down a path together. And there are these sacred pathways I'd like to adapt a little bit today and share with you different ways that you may connect with God. Now, I really would like to encourage you today to take your outline out and write these down. Because this is going to be something you're going to want to look at and think about. I'm going to give you eight different ways to walk with God. First of all is worship. The the person who's into worship says, you know, I connect best with God when I am worshiping. You're the person in this assembly that was upset when I got up to preach. All right? Because you're like, why aren't we singing more songs today? I I was just getting into the worship and they interrupted it by this stinking sermon, you know? Anybody feel that way? Don't raise your hand. You're going to hurt my feeling, all right? You see, the person who who connects in worship is like 
King David. I mean, let's think about David. He was the most prolific songwriter and singer of spiritual songs of all time. And it was David who said, I rejoice when they said with me, let us go into the house of God. He thrived on worship. Now, if you thrive on worship, there's a couple of warnings I might give you, is don't judge people who don't worship the way you do. Maybe you're very expressive in your worship, and certainly we invite that. But everybody doesn't express the same way. And so sometimes if you're really into it, and you look beside you, you know, and you're clapping, and you're raising your hand, and the person beside you just sort of, you know, just barely mouthing the words, you think, maybe there's something wrong with them. Be careful about that. And also, I think when worship is your avenue of connection, you have to be a little careful that you don't look at spiritual life as just one emotional event after the other. Every assembly is not going to be that. Every time you can go, it's not going to be that. Now, number two is intellectual. And this is the person who connects best with God when they're learning. You know, uh, where our first person was upset when the song stopped, our second person thinks, why do we sing so many songs at church? Can we not just get to the message? I want to learn something. You're the people I love, all right? And, and some of us, that's the way we really connect with God. We're like the Apostle Paul. Paul was a brilliant man, educated deeply in the law of God. We love to watch Paul go and debate with the philosophers in the book of Acts in Athens. We love to write Paul's letters, which are theologically deep and rich, because it seems to me that Paul connected with God on an intellectual level. And some of you, the, the great moment, the great tie to God is when you're in his word, you're in a sermon, in a Bible class, and something is revealed you've never thought of that way, and you feel so close to God. That's awesome. But again, a warning here, don't confuse being smart with being spiritually mature. There's a lot of people that know a lot of Bible that don't really act a lot like Jesus. Okay, so be a little careful on that one too. And then the next one is relational. This is the person who says, I connect best with God when I'm with other people. You're the folks that thrive in a small group. You just love being in a small group. You love being in that life group tonight and sharing and hearing from other people and connecting with people before and after church. You love more than anything, maybe more than the service, is just being able to relate to somebody. You thrive in that kind of situation. The example I've got biblically is, is Barnabas, who was the great encourager. Who you're always seeing Barnabas hooked up with Paul or hooked up with somebody else to make sure they're okay and encourage them. And many of us thrive on relationships. And, and maybe it's through people that God speaks the clearest to you. It's what a friend may say to you at that appropriate juncture in your life that may give you the guidance you need. That's a beautiful way to connect with God. But there's a warning here is that if you're not careful, it's just about relationships and you might end up having a superficial relationship with God. Every one of these has a strength and weakness, don't they? I I like this next one. It's not my strength, but I'm sure some of you it is. It's to be contemplative. I connect best with God when I'm in solitude. This is the person that you just love being by yourself. You're the introvert. When you're around a lot of people, unlike the relational person, where relationships feeds them and energizes their life, you're the more introvert and you're, you're around a bunch of folks and it drains, drains you bad. 
And so you, you love more than anything just to be out by yourself with God, just meditating, possibly reading, just praying, just thinking on the things of God. The example in Scripture is Mary. Remember that story in Luke chapter 10 where Martha's so uptight about the house being ready and the food being on the table, and there's Mary just having a big time shooting the breeze with Jesus. That's what she loves to do. She's being contemplative. You know, here's the caution about this, is those of us that are very contemplative, maybe the warning for us is that we can retreat and, and isolate ourselves and not really be out there loving people the way God has called us to love them. Here, here's another one. And I know lots of you in here relate to this one. And this is serving. I connect best with God when I'm helping other people. I mean, you just feel closest to God when you're out on that service project, when you're down in that inner city neighborhood knocking doors, when you're teaching that class at one of the, the uh, projects down there. I mean, you're the person, you know, when you come to church, you're, you're here to serve. I mean, you're, you're the one setting up the chairs. You know, you're the one that, you know, as soon as things are over, you're cleaning up. I mean, you see all those other relational people sitting around the room talking, and you think, man, what ungodly people. Don't they know it's time to stack the chairs? And, and, and you look over there, and you're, they're just talking away. Because you really connect in the middle of service. And that's a beautiful thing. We see in Bible the example of this lady named Dorcas, who is known for the good deeds that she did. So, the problem with this one, maybe the warning for those of us who really love service is be careful that you don't resent the people around you who don't serve the way you do. They're they're not quite wired that way. Now, look at the next one with me. The next one is what I call the activist. This person connects best with God when they're on a mission, you know, and they're leading a cause. Nehemiah is a great example of this in the Bible. I mean, here's Nehemiah who finds out the walls of Jerusalem are down. I mean, he organizes, he's active, he brings everybody together, he prays. I mean, he's moving and shaking, and he's making things happen. He comes back to Jerusalem, and not only does he see how bad it is, I mean, he begins to repair the wall. Nehemiah is a great activist. And and the person in our audience today who's the activist is the person that, that you love leading a cause. You're not really full of much joy unless you're trying to change things. You're trying to improve things. You want things always to be better. And so you're that person leading that. It's interesting looking at the difference in these two people. Let's say you have a conversation this morning with someone about some project that you're wanting to do. And they're an activist. Or you have a conversation with someone about a project you're wanting to do and they're contemplative. Maybe you've talked about, we're, we're, we're going to start doing this. Now, the activists will probably call you back in their car on the way home, all right? The contemplative, you'll be lucky to hear from them in a month. It's just going to be different because we're all wired different. And some of you love this idea of, man, I tell you what, we're on a mission. We got things to get done. Get out of my way. Let's get it done. Now, here's the problem for those of us who are activists. If you're not careful, you run over people. Because your project and your goal, if you're not really, really concerned, it might become more important to you than the people that you're around. So be careful about that one. And then here's one I'm sure many of you relate to, and that's, that's creation. I connect best to God when I'm in nature. You love to be outside. You love uh, 
just to drink it in. This time of the year is awesome to you. The coolness in the air, the leaves start turning. You get off in a park or a mountain and you just drink in the presence of God. I like what Vincent Van Gogh said. He said, all nature speaks to me. The psalmist said the same thing, that God speaks to us through his creation. And that's when you feel closest to God. I think a great example of this one is the Lord Jesus himself. I mean, Jesus often withdrew to be in nature and to connect with his Father. Now, the warning for this person is maybe your time in nature makes people become a distraction to you. You know, you'd rather sort of like the contemplative person be out there by yourself and interrupt your time in nature to have to come to church or interrupt that time to have to go interact with people. Uh, Might get in your way a little bit. But it's a great way to connect with God. And then one more. Evangelism. I connect best with God when I'm sharing my faith. You're like Andrew in the Bible. Every time we see Andrew, he's leading somebody to Jesus. That's the only picture we have Andrew in the Gospels. He's bringing somebody to meet Jesus. And maybe for you, the moment you just thrive and are so fired up about God is that moment where you have connected with a friend and you're having a chance to tell them the good news of Jesus or you have the chance to be a part of them coming to the Lord. And, and, and you think in that moment, man, I've never, I mean, I've told this story a thousand times, but I've never felt closer to Jesus than I do right now. Okay, hopefully you've got those down. There's a list of eight different ways. Let me, let me review those just a second. And uh, I, I'd like you to do this as I review this. I, I'd like you to think about which one of these, or maybe a couple of them, I think most of us probably have two or three primary ways that we connect with God. Wh- which are the, one, the ways you connect with God the most? And I'm, I want to survey us in just a moment. So I'd like you at least to be able to raise your hand once. So let, let's review for a moment. The person who connects best with God through worship. The person through learning, the intellectual. The relational who connects to God through being around people and encouraging them. The contemplative, the one that just adores solitude and alone time with the Lord. The serving, you don't really understand that contemplative person. You want to be out doing it. And when you're out doing it and you're helping somebody and you've made a difference in someone's life, you feel, man, like I've never been closer to God in my life. Or the activist, you love to lead that cause. Or the person who loves creation, it's nature. Maybe, maybe your big deal is not that you really like to hunt to kill things or kill animals. You like to hunt because you love being in that tree stand all alone for hours with God. Or maybe it's the evangelist. You, you just really connect with God when you are able to share your faith with somebody. Man, you had somebody come to friend day with you last Sunday and you've been on a high all week long. All right? Now, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, and let's go through and just sort of see where we may stand. And you can raise your hand for a couple if you'd like to. Uh, how many of you would say worship is your best mode of connecting with God? Okay, I figure that's a lot of us. Intellectual, learning, okay? Yes, another good crowd. Relational, you do it around being other people. Interesting. Contemplative, this is, this is our alone people, Okay. You're like, I don't even like raising my hand in front of these people. That, may, <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable. Um, how about serving? How many? Oh, great. I could have guessed that in this church. That's a big one. How, how many activists do we have? Man, you want to lead a cause. Okay, there's fewer of us that way. 
We'll run over you after church, all right? Um, uh, creation, how many of it's nature? Oh, wow, especially this time of year. How, how many evangelists? How many is it's evangelists sharing your faith? Okay, got, got fewer of those. Now, let's, let's close out by talking about this now that we know a little bit about where we are. Let's think about this for a second. Here's the challenge I want to give you, wherever you are in here. First of all, you've got to avoid being judgmental, okay? You know, we as Christians are sort of known for being judgmental, aren't we? And, and the world sort of recalls from that. We're known as being judgmental toward the world. I, I love uh, the Homer Simpson, you know, cartoon where his fundamentalist neighbor has just gotten back from a retreat. And he asked him, what did you learn on the retreat? And he says, we went to retreat and we're learning how to be more judgmental. Well, that's how a lot of people look at us, right? And hopefully we're shedding that. But, but here's the issue here is sometimes we're not just judgmental to people out in the world. We become judgmental toward each other. In, in some of these areas we've talked about, if you've got that strength, it's really difficult. Like I mentioned about that person that loves to serve. I mean, it's after, you know, a big church fellowship, man, and you are mopping the floor, and you look over in the corner, and Tim Lee's still talking. And you're thinking, what is going on here? And, and we can be that way. You know, uh, one of my ways of connecting closest to God is, is evangelism. I'm, not, I'm just never feel closer to God than I'm ever to tell somebody the gospel story. I noticed it was only a few of you who raised your hand, so I've decided the rest of you are going to hell. <laughs> I have felt that way in my life, I promise you. Um, you know, you, you get your way and you think, man, if this doesn't float their boat the way it floats my boat, well, then there's a problem with them. Some of you are really intellectual. I mean, you love deep Bible study, and that is exactly where you connect with God. And you go to a life group, and you hear all those people talk, and you think it's just a bunch of people sharing their ignorance. And it drives you a little bit crazy. And, and what you're going to have to understand here is, yes, you don't need to judge other people who don't. Maybe they're not ever going to get quite as deep as you do. They may go to a Bible class that relates to them in a different way than the Bible class relates to you. That's okay. We've got to all avoid this area because it's so very easy. It's so easy even in this assembly, those of you just, just, man, you just get into worship and you lose yourself and you express yourself. You think everybody's supposed to be exactly the way I am. So avoid being judgmental. Uh, number two, build on your strength. You know, it, it, as you notice your two or three strengths this morning, men, build on them. God wired you that way. Don't avoid your strengths. We'll talk about our weaknesses in a moment. But may, if you're the person that connects best with God in creation, then you need to make sure you put some time on your calendar to go out and be with God. If you are contemplative, you need to definitely make sure there's a lot of alone time for you. If you're relational, you may schedule just to be around people. You may be the person that's in two or three small groups in this church. But build on your strength. Don't be ashamed of your strength. God wired you that way. Don't judge other people if it's not their strength, but build on it. And then that brings you to the next point. You know, strengthen your weakness. Stretch in your weakness. Stretch in your weaknesses. 
You know, you got some strengths, but let me tell you, I think spiritual maturity will be as we learn to connect with God in all eight of these ways. And so, you know, maybe you're the person that, that you really are contemplative and you just love being by yourself. And, and you need to stretch to be in that small group and, and relate to people that way. Or you need to stretch to go serve. Whatever it may be, stretch yourself. Let's quote another cartoon. Uh, the Popeye the Sailor Man. Remember, remember what Popeye used to say? Whenever he got uncomfortable and had to do something he wasn't used to doing? I am what I am, Right? And too many of us, that's where we are spiritually. Okay, well, this is my one way. I just like to do it here. And I, I'm, no, 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 stretch yourself. I mean, build on your strength. Don't avoid that. But maybe this week, you look over these eight areas you've taken notes on and begin to build on those strong ones. But, but find an area that you may not feel like you're strong in and stretch yourself. Go to that Bible class. Go to that small group. Go volunteer to serve in the inner city and stretch yourself spiritually. Now, here, here's the key point, though. Enjoy walking with God. I think that's the key to this lesson, this lesson. You've got to find ways that you just flat enjoy being with God. Why? Because you know that's what happens in a friendship. You don't develop a best friendship with somebody you don't like to be with. You might try, you might push yourself, but in the long run, if you don't find some areas that you like hanging out doing together, you don't find some common areas you like talking about and sharing about, you're not going to become that person's best friend. It's just not going to happen. And so here's what I say to you. Find those areas that you enjoy and make sure, you, maybe just looking down this, this list today, you're thinking, you know what, man, I am one of those creation persons. I love nature. Or I am that deep Bible study person. I've not been in an in-depth Bible study lately. Or I'm that serving person. I used, to, I used to teach those children's classes, and that felt so close to God. And I just, I've withdrawn from that. Okay, re-engage. Re-engage. Find that area that you best connect with God and do those things. And you start walking with God. Because when you start enjoying being with God, listen to me, friend. You're going to want more time with him. That's what happens in a good relationship is, is you find those things you enjoy together and, and you start saying, how can we spend a little more time together? And that's the way it is with God. So let me close this lesson by asking us all a question, all right? We've given you some really solid ideas, I think, to help. Here's the question. Are you walking with God? Are you walking with God? That's a, that's a great picture. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about when you leave this place, do you walk with God through life? You see, we see that beautiful picture in the Garden of Eden of Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day, that kind of relationship, just a a leisurely. That's what I love about the idea of walk. It's not a hurry. It's not um, full of distractions. It's just walking together. It's just sharing life together. And see, here's what Jesus did, guys. All the things that were lost in the fall were restored in Jesus. That beautiful picture in the garden is what is meant for us. You know when the gates of the garden were locked? That's what happened because of sin. And when Jesus came, he came through his death on the cross to unlock those gates. 
so that you might and I might walk with God. So I ask you, are you walking with God? To some of us, if we'd be really honest this morning, okay, the truth is we're not walking with God. We're actually walking away from God. And we're not, we're not practicing these things. We're practicing some sinful things in our life that actually take us away from God. You know, the, the worst thing about sin, guys, is that, as the Bible says, sin separates you from God. It destroys that relationship. Not because God doesn't want the relationship, because it takes you away from a holy God. And maybe today the honest truth is, you know what, you've been walking away from God for too long. And, and there's some things in your life that you need to repent. You might even need to confess that before the church today and say, you know what, this has kept me so far from God. I'm so guilt-ridden about what I keep on doing over and over again. And I need some help because I want to walk with God. So maybe there's some of us that, that we're walking away from God. Maybe there's some of us, at least right now, we just sort of feel neutral, you know. And we come to church and we do some nice things, but we don't, we don't really feel like God's sitting in the car beside us. When we let our, lay our head on our pillow, we don't feel like God's right there with us. We wake in the morning, we don't say, hello, Father. He seems distant. And, and, and yours may not be because you're walking away from him and practicing some sinful things in your life. Yours may simply be that you're not practicing these things we've talked about today. Your life has become so undisciplined, you're just doing whatever pops up on your schedule. And, and guess what? Satan's going to make sure. Satan's going to make sure everything besides the eight things we talked about today take primary place on your schedule. And so maybe today is the day to say, you know what? Man, I sure miss my best friend. I remember what it used to be when we walked together. And I need to be restored to that. And then I know I'm talking to lots of people here today that you are walking with God. And you're enjoying that relationship with him. There's nothing more precious to you than your time with him, whatever way you connect. And here's what I'd say to you. Whether it's going to your life group tonight or, or whether it's just being one-on-one with somebody. Here's one of our goals. Our goals needs to be to help other people learn how to connect with God. Help them search this list and find out what really works for them. Help them find that area they need to stretch and grow in so that they can walk with God. So I'm so thankful. There's so many people here today. Oh, it's not perfect. It's not everything you'd want it to be. But Jesus truly is your best friend. And, and, and I would say one thing to do is don't just enjoy that. You need to because that will keep you doing it. But let's rejoice in that. Let's celebrate the fact that we have that friendship and that we have a God who is so amazing. He said, you know what I want to do with you? I want you to lay your cell phone down, buddy. I want you to get out of your crazy schedule. I just want you to, to leisurely walk with me. I want to be there every second of every day. Because for whatever reason, I want to be with you. That's why I created you. That's why I sent Jesus. That's why I would love to recreate you. To walk with me. Today, if we could pray for you about this. Today, if, if today's the day you need to become a Christian, start your walk with God. Or today's the day you need to repent of walking away from God. Or today's the day you need to shift it out of neutral. 
and go back to some of these practices we talked about. And you want us to pray for you before you get out of here. Or if there's anything in your life we could pray for you about today. That's why we're here. Why don't you come right now while we stand together and sing?